0: Remember when the Pirates would do their annual rollout of the advertising slogan and how there had to be a new slogan every year? Do you remember, let's go to work? That's how they would say it too. They'd show some lunch pail, and the implication being that they're not being paid very much, but they're going to work very hard. How about we will? Do you remember that one where you were just supposed to like ambiguously finish the sentence? Well, People would often finish that sentence quite unambiguously. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. I do this every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning, all year round, even when there's no baseball to be discussing, because why not? The Pirates, if they had a slogan for the 2021 season, I suppose it could be some combination of the two that I just mentioned. Let's go to work, and we will. And who knows what else somebody could come up with, and it wouldn't matter. The real slogan, if you wanted to have truth in advertising, would be more along the lines of, Let's wait three years and see what we have. Or (laughs) we will someday, maybe, possibly, who knows, be good. It's not easy. I happen to think that there are going to be butts in the seats at PNC Park when they're allowed just because people will want to go and do things other than sit at home with masks on. The sheer novelty of being able to get out to the ballpark is going to be a lure. And it's not like the Pirates are going to be overselling or overstating what it is that they have. Want to come and have a good time at the ballpark? Come and have a good time at the ballpark. You know what the team is. We know what the team is. Come and watch Brian Hayes and Mitch Keller and Brian Reynolds and, you know, see where it goes. But, but, if you're really paying attention if you're looking at this team and this organization from where it might be headed, there are tangible ways to appreciate it or, for that matter, to criticize it. Ben Charrington's been on the job for a little more than a year now, 13 months. And in that time, he's traded Starling Marte, Josh Bell, Joe Musgrove, Jameson Tyone, I'm probably missing some. He's made a lot of trades. He's moved a lot of guys out, and in every one of these deals, he's brought back prospects. In some cases, like the Marte trade, they were two very, very young, 19 years old both, prospects, and then in turn, as part of that deal, since he got some international bonus space, he spent additional money on an even younger outfielder from Australia, of all places. So there's, there's a long way to head. And there isn't really a convenient scoreboard. There isn't a place for people to look at and go, well, this was a big win for the Pirates to get this. But again, there is a way to pay attention at least a couple of nuggets to share with you on this front. This one's from Fangraphs. If you're a baseball fan and you don't follow Fangraphs, that's probably a mistake. They're the analytical crowd. They will get into breaking things down almost entirely through data. So you're not going to see like so-and-so was playing really hard because he loved his high school coach or that sort of thing like that. It's going to be much more about what their fielding independent pitching is. That's FIP for the uninitiated. But here's something that, that, that came from an article in Fangraphs. It said the Pirates have now added about 10 good prospects. And mind you, this was before the tie-on trade. So it's actually the, the figure, the number is is 14. The Pirates have now added about 10 good prospects to their system this offseason across several avenues of acquisition, meaning Rule 5 draft trades, international signings, and so forth. And they now have, this is according to this writer, 26 prospects in their system who last year I graded as a 40-plus FV or above. And by my current count, only Cleveland has more at 27 So I'm going to repeat here that this was before the the tie-on trade. So whether or not the tie-on guys would count as 10 good prospects, or my understanding is that there was really one that stood out in the tie-on trade. So let's just say that it's 11 good prospects. And let's say that by this individual's grading system, FV, and I don't even know what that stands for. I don't really care because it's just numbers against numbers, right? And he sounds like he worked really, really hard at this formula regardless. So let's say that his formula is good. And the 40-plus FV thing, let's say one of the guys from the Tyone trade fits into that. Well, now you're looking at the Pirates having just as many FV guys as Cleveland does. Most in baseball. Pretty good, right? (laughs) See, we're doing advanced analytics here on the program. I love it. I love it. All right, you want one that's a lot less complicated than the FV thing? I got that for you, too. This one came out just yesterday. This is from MLB Pipeline, which is, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, that's Major League Baseball's way of attempting to put Baseball America out of business. They now do their own prospect analyses and prospect rankings and all that stuff that's been making BA money uh, for a very long time. But enough of that commentary. MLB Pipeline... Just went through a thing where they went they went position by position through every organization, and ranked, say, the top ten second basemen of all prospects anywhere in baseball at any level. And then within that, they would say, "Well, who's the best hitting prospect at second base? Or who's the best fielding? Or, who's got the best power?" and so forth. The Pirates did pretty well here. Um, most notably, their their top prospect by most accounts in rankings, uh, believe it or not, isn't Brian Hayes, even though Hayes still shows up in these rankings. It's Nick Gonzalez, the hard-hitting second baseman that they got in the draft last year in the first round. Gonzalez was listed number two among all second basemen and number one when it came to to power. Dude really just crushes the ball. But this was the the list that came out yesterday. This was a a, a catch-all that said, here are the teams that have the most representatives overall on all of these lists, all of the top 10 prospect by position lists. The leaders with six each were the Rays and the Tigers. And that kind of makes sense. The Rays do this all the time. They just traded Blake Snell for prospects. It's just just what they do. The other one that makes sense is the Tigers. They've been in a hard rebuild for a couple years now. They'd better have people on this list. And the two teams tied for the next position with five each were the Marlins and the Pirates. And again, you expect this from the Marlins. They've been really, really good at developing and acquiring amateur talent for a long time and then there's the pirates who you don't expect to see this from and no they weren't showing up on these things before all of these narratives that are out there about how the pirates are just in this constant rebuild they're just doing it again it's just another chapter to the same old story they weren't doing this Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark weren't doing this. They were trading Garrett Bleeping Cole for four average, maybe will fill a roster spot, mediocre big league guys. That's what they got. They got Musgrove, Colin Moran, Michael Feliz. Not even remember the fourth component. That's it. That's not this. You can say what you want about this approach, but this is distinctly different from that. So, to whatever extent you want to pay attention to this sort of activity, once we actually have minor league baseball again, and these prospects can get on the field, they can obviously either rise up in the rankings, they can fall off, they can pretty much cease to exist in some cases. That's the nature of young baseball talent. But there is a way to keep up with it. There's a way to pay attention. And no, I still don't have a slogan for it. When we come back, just one question. for just one question. If you'd like to submit one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports, find the article that accompanies this podcast, and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Open for business. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. And today's just one question comes from CRM, who asks, what Ben Charrington has been able to get for Marte, Bell, Musgrove, and Tyone is really significant, and how they develop those players will be the test. I think it's overlooked that the Pirates were just the worst team in baseball with Bell, Musgrove, and those guys on the roster. So what's to be gained by keeping them around when other teams are willing to give you significant packages. And finally, CRM gets to the question, can you imagine what Charrington would have been able to get if he was the one trading Cole and not Huntington? Uh, You know, it's almost impossible to do this show without just the constant burial and reburial of the previous front office. I try not to make it a daily thing, but it's so hard. They were so bad. So I'll try to look at it from a forward-thinking standpoint instead. If Charrington had Cole, and to be fair here, this would be the Cole that the Pirates had three years ago where he was still giving up a lot of home runs. Uh, he didn't become the pitcher that he is now until he went to Houston and they had him start pitching to Miss Bats and so forth. So let's try to keep this even here and say that Charrington is trading that coal at that time. Two ways to look at that. One, there's a little more uncertainty about him. But two, he's younger with more years of control than he would be now, obviously. And there's immense value to that in baseball, as we just saw from the Musgrove trade. And Musgrove isn't half the pitcher that Cole is. So from there, as we saw Charrington do with the Musgrove trade, a good GM builds a market. You're not just on the phone with one team. You're not just on the phone with two or three teams. When you're dealing with a starting pitcher, or in this case, dealing a starting pitcher, you need to have a lot of irons in the fire. There were so many teams connected to Musgrove. And yeah, the Padres came up a lot. The Padres are pretty... Uh, they're pretty leaky, for lack of a better word. They they want to build up excitement in that market. They want to fill Petco Park when that sort of thing is possible again. So they, they had word out, here's the local kid, Musgrove. We might be able to get him. He's from San Diego, for anybody who doesn't know. And there were still other teams. Charrington was able to play one off the other and say, well, hang on a second, I'm getting this offer from somebody else. You got to be really careful by the way to not lie about this stuff or nobody'll ever deal with you. You know, you can't say, "Well, this team's offering me their top 30 prospects. What's your problem?" He did the diligence of the market. He established the market and then he benefited from it. If it was coal from 3 years ago, oh, I don't even want to try to answer that for you. But the the best way to do that, if if you want something that would be realistic, is that it would be a high prospect count like this. It wouldn't necessarily be five. But he'd have more of his pick from somebody's top ten or top five. And that is, by the way, how this works. You don't necessarily ask for names when you're dealing with teams. The other team, the one that's moving the prospects, says – Here's a list of seven guys you can't have. And then you as an organization have your pick of everybody else. And I've heard that from many, many GMs over the years, that that's how that works. That way your scouts, if they've done a better job than somebody else's, might be able to take that diamond in the rough and not have to forfeit your bargaining stance, if that makes sense. So... Yeah, he would have done a lot better. Great question, though. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks, to everybody, for listening all week. If you like Daily Shot of Pirates, please pass the word around. I enjoy doing this.